So we didn't miss anything. Give me a second. <laughs> All right. How's your day been? You bloody cracker, mate. Just a bit of work and... Um, uh, what did we start off with? Got it. Got up. Bit of Wim Hof. Some rings and handstands and did did good mornings. Do you know those ones? Are you like yeah, yeah. In, a pinch? I um bought a bunch of plates from uh, this company over here, Industrial Athletic. They make good quality stuff. Bought a bunch of plates a couple of weeks ago, but I still haven't bought a bar yet. That's that's on the cards next month. And so yeah, I just had the old twenty five kg plate on the back doing doing hip hinges. And then tonight I I've been trying to do like three hill hill sprints a week. Um, yeah. In, in one session. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, with two fellas over here, Garage Gym Project NZ and Guru of Gains. And he was talking about how, like, you know, he's been an athlete all his life and he w still wants to be able to, like, pick up on a game of touch and be able to crack a sprint. And I was like, shit, yeah, me too. And so, yeah, I just, yeah. just started doing these hill, hill sprints down down the way. And on the third one, one of the wee fellas that lives down the road was like, can I race? I was like, go, go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Left him in the dust. Yeah, how about yourself? What have you been up to? Not much, man. Just uh, morning. I go for my morning walks, do a bit of breath work. I do read. I read 10 pages in the morning. What's your breath work like, I, look like, man? Um, I've only just like reincorporated it into my like daily schedule. So I just look up like YouTube videos or there's this one. Have you heard of Cool to be Conscious? No. They're, they're based up in Sunny Coast or Gold Coast. Um they're all about breath work and all that kind of stuff. So they've put out some cool videos. So I've done some of their breath work stuff. But yeah, I've just something that I've I did previously, but I'm reincorporating it into my schedule and I feel so much better, man. Yes, yeah, so I saw I saw on your page you did a little bit of a session with um the absolute champ, Dino Gladstone. Yes. Yes. Yep. That was good. That was over a year ago. Yeah, I went to his house. We did breath work. We did ice baths. That was a really good experience. Yeah. So, what did he take you through? So we did about it's probably about a twenty minute breath work session. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the first time I've actually done like proper breath work before. Mm. So I was going into it not knowing what to expect, and wow, the feeling I got from it. At one point, my arms were just like off the ground, like lobster mm. hands. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is happening here? Yeah, but right. yeah, dude, that was the best experience. We did the breath work and then we jumped straight into the ice bath. I think it was like five minutes or so. Mm. And we got out and it was like a 40 degree day and I was still freezing. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, when I was living in Bellina in, when was that? 2018, 19. And so yeah, 2019, um, Dino and Mark Kluwer. He, he's he's based just north of Melbourne. Um, he's got a sort of a barn set up called Elevated Plain, Elevated Springs. Sorry, um, yeah, real, real cool setup. But yeah, back in 2019, Dean and um, and Mark went on a bit of a tour around the country, and yeah, met up with him in the Gold Coast. And that was the same. That was the first time I'd like formally done it. And then the night before, I listened to Russell Brand and Wim Hof talk, and then came the next day, and Mark sort of tells a story about being at the Wim Hof Retreat in 2017 and um, yeah, being this big burly construction worker from Melbourne and just bawling his eyes out. And it was, it was, it was quite funny as well because um, 
another fellow that I know from Sunny Coast, um, Aaron, he, he, he was there and right beside Mark and he's like, oh man, it was, he was so distracting on that first day because I was, I was there to sort of, you know, get involved and get learning this Wim Hof method from, from Wim himself. And there's old, old Mark, um, you know, bawling his eyes out and being distracting. And, and the other thing that happened at that retreat is um, there's another guy in, oh shit, his name is escaping me at the moment, but he um, had cancer and he had graft host rejection. And ended up having a heart attack on the first night as well. So it was like quite, oh, wow. quite, quite bloody eventful. <laughs> eventful. Like, yeah, I was just like, holy heck. Yeah. yeah. It, it's crazy how far breathwork's come in the last few years, eh? Everyone's yeah, like seeming to get on board and it's good to see because the benefits are amazing. <laughs> so like how did you get introduced? Like you said, it was part of your practice previously and you yeah, so put it to one side Wim, for a while. Wim Hof. Wim yeah. Hof. I, I, he was this crazy ice guy what is he doing started looking into it seeing like the benefits and stuff i was like wow i'm gonna give it a go um i really enjoyed it but i didn't quite get the hang of it so i didn't stick with it yeah then obviously i met, met up with dino and then ever since then um have you heard of men's medicine they're based yeah. on the gold coast yeah okay so i went to a few of those events and they did breath work for them too and that just really got got me going and i was like wow this is cool but i just never fully committed and then over probably the last week or so, I was like, I've been getting overwhelmed lately of like, you know, what it's like to do a podcast. So much stuff goes into it. It's not just mm. sitting in front of a camera and talking to someone. And like, I had big goals and stuff. And I was getting really overwhelmed. I'm like, what can I do to just be present and really calm down and get rid of this anxiety? And I was like, what have I not been doing? Breath work. <laughs> so I started incorporating it again. I was like, wow. It's really as simple as that. <laughs> Mate, so, yeah, every day I'm doing it. I have the exact same experience, and I've done it enough times now that I know that, yeah, like you say, what am I not doing? And it's breath work. And I reckon that's because it has, like, such an instant effect. Like, the day you do it, you have the sweetest day. But then it has a real sort of week, week and a half hangover effect, especially if you've gone, like, a week, week, week and a half, two weeks of doing it every day that you you'll like stop for some reason and then you'll kind of forget about it mm. but the, the the effect lasts for a while and wears off and then you start going i'm irritated or something's not right or i'm i feel like i'm worrying but i don't know what i'm worrying about and exactly that question eh? like what am i not doing oh yeah breath work mm. and I've, I've done that like two or three times now and exactly that always come back and like yeah that that is the answer yeah that's funny yeah, and it doesn't take long either like before i jumped on here i did a two minute breath work just to kind of reset because i've had a bit of a all over the place day so i just did two minute breath work reset and now i feel on top of the world yeah it's funny you say how like you get introduced through the wim hof phenomenon like who's this crazy dutchman that goes swimming in ice like i, I remember watching on youtube the joe rogan um interview with wim that was before i even knew that the podcast could actually like was that simple app on your phone just like tap that and you can listen to the episode so i used to watch it on youtube thinking it was a youtube show and so i do like one round before and i'll do it before beard as well that was a bit silly um <laughs> and yeah like you say you just kind of go oh yeah that's kind of cool uh he says you should do it and like you should have a cold shower and stuff and you know just kind of go along with it do a little bit and then yeah had had this lined up to go do the session with Wim, uh, with Wim, Mark and Mark and Dino, and 
yeah, ever since then, I've just been like super consistent and yeah, super powerful piece of my day. Yeah. So, so, um, your 10 pages, have, have you done something like 75 hard or something or like, where'd you pick that up? Uh, originally was from 75 hard. I'm currently doing it again because I failed like the previous time. <laughs> <laughs> right. To, no, because the 75 hard is easy to say, but mate, tell us what's involved with that. Cause I've got a mate doing that at the moment and holy heck, um, who's it from and how you going with it yeah so it's from andy frisella and so the whole concept is it's not like a, a get fit quick challenge kind of thing or like make quick transformation transformations in your life it's a i'd say it's more so like mental resilience because mm -hmm. you've got to turn up every single day and do the tasks now the tasks themselves are actually not that hard uh, reading 10 pages training twice one of them has to be outside um drink four liters of water so one gallon and what else it take a pro uh like a picture every day or like progress picture what else am i missing uh stick to a diet no mm. cheap meals and no alcohol so the tasks themselves are not that hard it's the fact of staying consistent every single day to do it so what's andy frizzell's background i'd like have heard of 75 hard um like i said i got a mate doing it i heard you in um Isaac John talking about it on the podcast you guys did. Um, Sam Ringdale as well. He talks a little bit about it. Like, who's Andy? Andy's a how would I put him? He's a he's an American entrepreneur. So he owns his own uh, like supplement store, and he just he runs multiple different businesses, and he's all about mindset business. Um, now he's gone down the road of like politics and stuff. Like, um, but yeah, he has a really really awesome podcast but the thing about andy is he's not for everyone he's he's over the top he's just like a typical american but he says it how it is he'll say it straight he does not give a shit what anyone thinks of him he just says it how it is and that's what i love about him like he doesn't beat around the bush like some other people do he just says this is how it is you know this is my opinion you know prove me wrong i don't care but this is what i think currently and that's what I love about Andy. He's just, yeah, straight gun, good guy, entrepreneur, really smart dude in the industry as well. And yeah, I think, I don't know what made his challenge so popular. It's, I don't know. It's, I think people seeing the results from it hmm. because when you do stay committed for that long to something, you're bound to see benefits. Now, that may be physical benefits, that may, may be mental benefits, but you're going to see some sort of benefit. And I think that's why people you know, continue to do it. Yeah, there's something to be said for committing to something that, you know, like I said, on on the individual level is not that hard, but doing it consistently for 75 days, to be able to commit to that and, you know, even get partway through, um, you know, like I said, inverted commas failed that, but if you're getting a number of days through, you, you know that you're capable of it. It gives you that, little bit of confidence that hey i was i was consistent for a period of time did all these things you know um creates a little bit of self-reflection why why did i do that what was what was going on in my life that that let me down did you did you find some of those questions came up and what sort of got you back yeah. on the bus man i think i was not satisfied in where i was at in life both physically and mentally because i felt like I had all these, had all these goals. I had these visions, but I was so flustered. I couldn't like. I didn't you know have. What the, like, do you know what they were back then? 
um back then it was the podcast so i was i think that was when i was like starting the podcast and i was like yeah i want to grow this podcast and then i first started the the clothing brand i was like yes this is gonna be awesome i had all these visions and goals around them and i was like i really i really want to do all this stuff but i was flustered i didn't know where to start and i had no routine i didn't even have a morning routine i would get up like 20 minutes before work chuckle my clothes and go to work Hmm. now (laughs) i know a lot of people would do that I don't recommend it because now knowing what I know and my morning routine of getting up, reading, breath work, going for a walk, cold shower, that just sets me up for the rest of the day. And the quote of win the morning, win the day is mm. so true because I know I know firsthand and I, I know when I do not do my morning routine, like I have a few days off and I feel sluggish. I'm like, we come back again to that. What am I not doing? Mm. That's my morning routine. So I always know that I've got to stick to it because it makes me feel good and it allows me to have a good day at work and then get home from work and work on the podcast, the clothing and whatever else. Yeah. So you still working with the folks or where are you Yeah, so I'm yeah, currently in my family air conditioning business. Not my passion, <laughs> but it pays the bills currently, especially I, I just became a father, so... I need the money at the moment, but they're important. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still working on the, like, I'm going to grow the podcast. I believe that I will grow this podcast to the point where I'll have sponsors and stuff on board, which I'm working on at the moment. Actually. What's your podcast called, it, mate? You know, not, not everyone's on Spotify watching this. <laughs> so there's a, there's a beautiful spelling error behind us, which is not a spelling error. Talk, talk. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is called the better project. Now it's not spelt how you would typically spell better. It's spelled my last name. So B-E-T-A-R. Look it up. Give it a listen. Um, I'll give myself a cheeky plug. But yeah, I, uh, it's based around, you know, mental health and crushing the stigma that surrounds mental health because for me growing up, now I didn't have depression or suicide attempts or anything like that, but I struggled with anxiety growing up a lot to the point where it would hold me back from taking opportunities and, you know, for me, I always had this feeling of I was different and I never quite fit in. And I was like, what, what is this feeling? Like, is it just me? Do other people go through this as well? I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. I didn't know what it was. And to be honest, I only recently learned about it when I started this podcast. So for 20, 21, 22 years of my life, I didn't know what the hell this was. I didn't know what this feeling was. I didn't know what was holding me back and why when I was put into new environments or I had to socially interact with people I didn't know, why I would have this feeling to the point where I'd actually be sick. Like I'd be vomiting because I just had this feeling overcome me where I had to, I guess, hide or stay in my shell. Like I couldn't go out there and talk to these people. And obviously knowing now that is anxiety and knowing that I have natural, you know, I'm introvert personality so all these things that i grew up not knowing but i let hold me back and i let become my identity like so many people would be like oh you can't do that you can't go speak to those people you're too scared you can't um you know go play in that footy team or change change teams because you're going to be too scared to talk to new teammates and stuff like that and for so long I, I wouldn't say I accepted it, but I let that 
become my truth kind of thing. Like that was my identity. Like I couldn't do those things. And there came a point in my life where I was at university studying sports and exercise science, did not like it. Uni is not for me. I, I, <laughs> I hated it. But Gary, I started following Gary V. Now everyone should know who he is. He's the GOAT. Um, he came to Sydney, Australia to do a success resource event or something and it popped up on my social media and I was like, wow, I've got to go see who this guy is about because I only just started following him on social media and he's putting out all these positive vibes and talking about entrepreneurship and I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to skip uni for the day and I remember telling my parents, yeah, I bought this ticket. I'm going to go see this entrepreneur and they're like, why the hell are you doing that? Like they're just going to try and sell you programs and shit like that. I was like, uh, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that I have to go. And I didn't know what to expect, but I went there anyways. What, what was um, with, with uni? Was it like compulsory or was it something you could have caught up on? Um, wasn't. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> nah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, <I> like, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't compulsory. I don't even know what the day was like that I skipped, but to be honest, I didn't really care. Yeah, for real. I was like, it sounds oh, like, it. I was like <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have to go to this event. There was something drawing me, like an energy drawing me there. Went there, sitting in the crowd, you know, listening to all these other speakers. And I'm like, yeah, these are, these are cool guys. Gary V comes on stage last. And just the, the aura around him, the way he moves the crowd and, Everyone just in their seats, like listening. I'm like, I'm looking around, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Imagine if I could do something like this. Because growing up, I always had a feeling like I wanted to have an impact in this world. But one, I didn't know how. And two, I had that identity that I mentioned of I can't do that because I can't speak to people. So I'm like, I want to do this. But then straight away, I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, if I want to have an impact, if I want to make change in this world, if I want to be like Gary or, you know, be the best version of me, I need to make a change in my life. That day, I made the promise to myself that I'm not going to let this thing called anxiety hold me back from taking opportunities. The next week, I dropped out of uni. Mm -hmm. Straight up, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm dropping out. I'm going to join the family business, work in that, earn money, enough how money they, how to buy. How'd that combo go? <laughs> um, good and bad, surprisingly, because on one side, they're like, oh, like you can't commit to this. Like you signed up, you got to finish it. The other side, it's like, oh, you're joining the family business. Like that's awesome because my whole life I'm like, I'm never going to work in the family business. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> slow down, slow down. So like... <laughs> Why was that? Why was that? Just like parents, parents clashed up thing, or what? What, what was with with that? And with the hating to work in the family business. Yeah, yeah, dude, I hate crawling through roofs. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I, you, you 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 signed up to work for mum and dad, but going in still heat pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what that was all about, but I'm still doing it today for at the moment anyway. <laughs> And yeah, I made enough money to buy my first camera. I started doing a few vlogs. Gary V popped up again. Everyone needs to have a podcast. I'm like, 
I've never even listened to a podcast before. I didn't even know what it really was. So when was so I this? did some research. I so this was the back end of 2019. Right, fuck you. Was keeping the same message for two years. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I was, I was a bit like you. I got into this via so how I found out podcast was audio in the app was um, Gary V, and then um, listening to Gary V, he's like Anchor has just started. He was also talking about Musically back then, which is now TikTok. So mm. I had this TikTok account forever, and just like Gary V talking about TikTok, Gary V talking about TikTok. So I better try this thing out, but um, yeah, they, it was the same. Like you know, voice is the future. You got to record your voice, da 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 da. And so that's how it started. So it's quite fun, quite funny that um, picked up on the same vibe two years later. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of people have gone down that same route. So like Gary Vee's telling me, then Isaac John started his own podcast. I was like, oh yeah, cool. So how, how were you? How were you a fan of Isaac? Um, I think because I had a, I have a rugby league background myself, so obviously watching him on TV and then I see and he started this brand YKT. I'm like, well, what's this about? They're putting out vlogs and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. You know, him, Chico, Normie, this is mad. Like they're talking about footy. They're showing like that they're more than footy players. They're showing what they do in their day-to-day life. And I was like, this is cool. And they're making clothes. And for me, I always wanted to have a clothing brand. Eh? And I just, I never knew what it would be about or what I would call it. And, I remember one time I'm sitting in my office and my brother comes into my room and he goes, why don't you call a brand Better Life? I'm sitting there, I'm like, why the fuck have I not thought about this before? <laughs> like, it's so simple. Shop, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. So straight away, I started it. Me and him went in like together, started it, like got some samples and stuff. It's just me now. Um, but yeah. It's it's grown ever since then. Coming back to the podcast, that yeah, that's why I started it through Gary V. I was like, John, I was like, jumping in, gonna start it. I'm gonna, I think I just bought like a cheap microphone to plug into my laptop, and I remember the first episode. It was like an intro episode. I think it was like two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. It took me like nearly an hour to record because I kept stuffing it up. I was like, oh, this has to be perfect. I don't think it's perfect, but it's it's horrible. And like my first even 10 to 20 episodes of the podcast, I look back now and it's just cringe. I'm like, wow. But at the same time, it's crazy to see how much I've grown. And it's it just goes to show that no one's perfect in the beginning. Mm. No, I don't think anyone's ever perfect, but you always got to start somewhere and you just got to keep putting in the repetitions because eventually – you're going to build that confidence. You're going to build that momentum. And like here I am today, I think it's nearly 160 episodes. hundred of them have been guests. And I reflect on that quite often because as I mentioned before, growing up, I would never really speak to people. I would mm. keep to myself. I was shy. I was introverted. You know, I got this social anxiety. So for me now to go from, you know, 2019, 2020, not being able to speak to people, to now, here we are in 2022, I'm talking to you. I've spoken to guests from all over the world. I can actually string some sentences together. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I'm super proud of how far I've come. So, it, it's been an awesome journey. Nice, man. And yeah, ask, ask some fantastic questions. Like, uh, you know, I tagged you in your interview with Jordan Potts. And like, I'd, I'd known Jordan for a, 
arc started following Keegan 2013. I think Jordan came on the scene 2015 or 16, somewhere around there. And so, like, you know, I've known about Jordan for a while. And then, yeah, you asked some really sort of deep questions and, and he opened up to you. I was like, Far, I didn't know that about him. You know, that, that, yeah. that was awesome. Um, you said that the podcast journey allowed you to identify what this feeling had been the whole time. Um, how did that come about? What was this massive realization sort of 20 episodes in? Um, I think the realization was first of all, Hey, I can do this. Yeah. Like I can actually talk to people and it feels good to actually connect with people on a deeper level. Yeah. I remember one of my first guest episodes was a good mate of mine. Now, I was shitting bricks because it was my first guest episode. Mm-hmm. But after that, I was like, wow. Like, he was my friend. But after this podcast, I knew him on such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. I was like, imagine if I can connect with so many other people, connect on a deep level, provide so much value for the listeners that it impacts them and it makes a change in their life. And I remember like, I get messages nearly every day and this one message sticks out to me. I had, I had this guy on the podcast. His name was Ben Cudmore. I think it's probably the first 30 episodes, 40 episodes. I remember him coming on. He's talking about, you know, his substance abuse, drug, alcohol, him wanting to, you know, take his life. And I released that episode. His mum messaged me. And goes, Nick, thank you so much for allowing Ben to come on your platform to share his story because that is the first time I've ever heard him open up like that before. Thank you. I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I sat there for a moment. I was like, how do I feel right now? Like, I'm getting goosebumps (laughs) now. I'm getting, I'm like, whoa, imagine if I can do this on a bigger scale. Imagine how many lives I can impact. Like, this is the feeling I get just from one person listening mm. to that podcast. Imagine if I can do 100 people, 1,000 people, 100,000, million. That is a crazy feeling knowing that you can sit there, you can talk to someone, you have the platform for someone to open up to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable to then be able to go put that podcast out on social media for anyone to go and listen to, for someone to listen, to be impacted by that, to then send me a message saying, hey, your podcast has made an impact on my life. That is a bloody awesome feeling, dude. And I'm sure you get those messages as well. Yeah, bro. They're, they're, they're pretty special. And also those those moments where you get, you know, you're mid-conversation, you get blown away and you're just like, oh, gosh. And then, yeah, like I say, you yeah, you have that level of excitement, you know, when 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 someone contacts back and like that's awesome, and, and you're just like, oh wow, yeah, like and um, so how did you sort of get to the place of um, identifying and labelling that your whole life you'd had social anxiety? Was was there somebody you spoke to, or or something that led to a course or, or interaction that kept, allowed you to label what what you'd been through previously and now what you were I guess you're, you're facing that identity from before and proving it wrong so like mm. did, 
did somebody name it for you or something? That is a good question. Um, I think it was just through interactions with other people and talking about my experiences and what I went through. And then obviously I did a little, you know, Google search on what I was feeling. And when I went to the men's medicines events and stuff, like they kind of, they kind of picked that out for me kind of thing. Like when I was doing the breath work one time, I just got really deep into my subconscious and all this stuff was popping up and I was like, why, why is this coming up? I never knew this was in my head still. Mm. <laughs> it's funny how the subconscious works, especially when you incorporate breath work and stuff, you'd be amazed at what pops up. And, you know, I had all these feelings and I was, I was talking to, you know, Lino and some of the other people that run it. I was like, like, what is this? Like my whole life I've had this feeling and they're like, oh, maybe that's, you know, anxiety and stuff. And so I researched it, speak to, spoken to people and, yeah, it's, it is anxiety, but I don't let that become my identity. Like mm -hmm. I experience anxiety, I don't have anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because once you label it, once you let that become your identity, that's when it takes control. That's when you let it hold you back from taking opportunities. And I've recently changed my perspective on that because before I used to say, yeah, I struggle with anxiety. I have anxiety. I'm an introvert. Now I'm like, yeah, I have introverted personality and I do experience anxiety, but that is not me. That is a part of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so, pr pretty cool that you got this tool to prove that wrong episode after mm. episode, eh, man? Yeah, bro. It's it's crazy and I, that's why I continue to do it because as I've mentioned before, it just goes to show what is possible when you do jump outside your comfort zone and you do put in the repetitions because you can you can achieve so much even in a short period of time. People underestimate how much you can achieve in a year, two years, five years. Like <laughs> you can achieve so much. This is my third year of podcasting and I've achieved so much already. Imagine where I'll be at year five. Year 10. It's crazy. Yeah, bro. That's, that's pretty cool. It's funny how, like, you know, you've got your little portion of your podcast that, you know, proves to you that um, a, a previous narrative was was incorrect. And, I, and I've got a similar thing. Um, part of what also motivated me to start this was, and it's along the same lines as um, men's medicine. I listened to uh, Dan Doty talk about, uh, what is, geez, what is it even called now? Haven't listened to it for so long. Um, it was a men's work group, anyway, and um, yeah, it was like creating vocabulary around the way you feel. But like you're saying, oh, what 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 was that I'm feeling? Oh, maybe it was anxiety. Oh, okay, cool. And so I had this narrative around the fact that I couldn't explain how I was feeling, um, and now I catch myself uh, when I go good or ah. Uh, this is wrong, but it, yeah, I'm all good. You know, that's, it's, it's a very Kiwi mentality, and that's what I'm trying to break down. Similar, similar message. What you got there, crushing the stigma, and it's awesome to you know agree with somebody, often a, a male guest, and sit there and go bounce back and forward about your journey, how you felt, how you know what it was really like. Give each other space and time to to explore that, and that's where I, why I think um, podcasting is resonating so much with so many guys out there in their early 20s or in, even into late late 30s you know because it's a chance to 
um, like reading a book, um, experience somebody else's life and relate it to your own and, and grow your worldly experience and, and narrative and, and, um, and vocabulary. And, and yeah, that's a, every, every man is what that, that was called. Yeah. And it was just super useful. Um, yeah. How, how have you sort of found the reality, the reality of it? Like you're, you're saying you went away from the breath work and stuff and like, well, what am I not doing? Like, how's the expectation hit? Like, you know, there's big dreams here in Gary, Gary V who's, you know, at what, what does he call himself? 20 year overnight success. Like, um, yeah. how, how's the reality? You know, three years is not very long, but it's also a long time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think, if I knew the amount of work that went into this when I first started, <laughs> I'm not sure if I would have been doing it. <laughs> Mate, there's a reason why. What did the, what did the, the stat I heard the other day? It was something like 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three, and then like another 90% of what's left don't get past 50. You know, there's a reason, eh? Yeah, I think sometimes it's better just to be naive, eh? <laughs> just fucking go into it. <laughs> <laughs> and and book ahead. Yeah. yeah. Punish your future self. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I do. Just book them all in. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's it's a huge, huge reality here because it's like that iceberg analogy. On top, it's, yeah, I sit in front of a camera. I talk to cool people. And below that, is a whole list of things that actually goes into it. Mm. Editing, planning, networking, equipment. Like the amount of money I've spent on equipment is crazy. And the time that goes into planning, editing takes up so much time and energy. People don't understand it. And as you said, so many people start and you see them for, you know, three episodes, 10 episodes, maybe 20, and then they just disappear. And it's like, all right, that's another one to the statistics of can't handle it because <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard, but it's fulfilling when you stick to it and you are consistent. And now I'm three years in, I'm, I'm finally starting to get some traction. I'm like, yes, like my work's finally starting to pay off. Like people want to come on board as sponsors. Um, People are reaching out to me to be guests on their podcast like I am here today and People are reaching out to me to be guests on my podcast. I was like, wow, before this, I had to send 50 messages and hope for people to say yes. Now people are coming to me. So it's it's awesome. It's a massive reality check. But just like anything, any business or health and fitness goals, it's not easy. You just got to continue putting in the reps, keep turning up. You can't just do it for six weeks and expect massive change. It's not a quick transformation challenge or anything like you're in it for the long run. It's a lifestyle. So anyone interested to get into podcasting, maybe don't listen to this, just go into it naive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignore this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just get started and do it and carry on doing it. Yeah, I've um, touched base with quite a few people lately about starting and, <clears throat> you know, what what should you do? I'm, I'm, I'm always like um, record three, put them all out, and book the next one because <laughs> like if you're holding on to a podcast then you're giving yourself an excuse not to uh do the next one and like even even this um so i went up to auckland um about a month ago and recorded five and uh, yeah i just released the fourth one yesterday and i've got 
one more, which was Sam Ringdale, a uh, bit of them before, um, who you've talked to. Uh, that was a really, really great interview. And then it's like, right, got to get back on this horse um, and, and get recording again because, you know, you don't want, you don't want, like, it's sometimes good to have that pressure, like, fuck, I've got to get something out before Tuesday. But at the same time, like, yeah, keep keep it keep it booked up, keep it going, have a plan, and and be consistent and and like consistently watch the wave of the episode go up and down and up and down up and down. But look, then, then like you say, three years on, you can start to take a ten thousand foot view and go, oh, there's a gradual growth here, and look at that start. Mm. Look at that star exactly. where I stoked with 10 lessons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what it takes to be in it for the long game, the planning, the consistency. I remember when I first started, like, I wouldn't really plan my episodes much as in guests. I'd, you know, do one guest a week. And I remember there was a few times guests would cancel on me. I'm just trying yeah, to screw bro, for fuck. episodes. I was like, oh, fuck. That was a really big reality check of I need to plan three to four weeks in advance. So yeah. now I book out my month at the beginning of like at the end of the previous month, book it all out with podcasts. So then it's recorded, ready to go. Yeah, I had to laugh um, when you messaged me last time. Like, we still on for tomorrow. I was like, oh, that's a, it, I know that feeling, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to double check. You got to double check. Yeah, no, it's, it's so funny. Eh? Like, yeah, especially when it comes to Zoom. I haven't done a Zoom one for, for so long. Um, yeah, like start of, start of, end of november jeez that was when i recorded my last zoom one and so it's just been so good going going in person but the the, the amount of times that you're like you know flick the laptop off uh, up log into zoom check the time check the time oh shit and you go into email and, and i've got two emails sometimes i like go into my outlook and there's like oh there's no email there it's like oh shit that's right i emailed that person on gmail going oh sorry i can't come and it's like from two hours ago you're like oh god damn it <laughs> yeah and then you scrambled and i was like oh what am i going to put out now <laughs> yeah yeah the odd the odd times yeah i've done a done a chicken podcast um which is good even down again but yeah there's nothing like catching up with mates and um it's good you were saying about what was what was the sunny coast conscious guys cool and conscious cool to be conscious cool to be conscious yeah so my mate they're Steve. Kiwi guys as well. Yeah, ah. I think I think their name is one, they're two guys. It's Rue and Ryan. Huh? Nice. Look them up. The Kiwi guys living on the sunny coast. I'm planning to get them on the podcast because nice. I'm going to be doing like a, a little podcast tour. So I'm in New South Wales. So I'm going to do like up the coast all the way to sunny. Yeah. And um, yeah, just connect and interview people all the way up. So that's going to be happening this year sometime. Mate, you need to get along to Kmart. Um, so there's a toy box at Kmart that's just kit set. It's got a little hedgehog on the outside, and buy yeah. two of buy two of those boxes, or even one of those boxes, and you can like put all your podcast gear in the box, and then you attach your boom to the box, and so you like carry around your podcast gear, and then that also serves as part of your thing. So scratch off the hedgehog with a knife <laughs> or something, and then get get yourself a decal to slap on on yeah. the box, and mate. There's a little uh, secret I've, I've had from the uh, mo- mobile podcast studio, which is which is always fun. <laughs> yeah, because that's as I said, one of my ultimate go- goals is to mix travel and business, so podcasting into one. Because oh, I love travel and adventure, but I love podcasting. So I was like, why can't I have both? Why can't I travel to cool places, explore, you know, 
the scenery, the waterfalls, whatever the case may be, and then go record awesome podcasts. Like for me, that's the dream life. Yeah, what was what was the dude I was watching? I think it was an e-games guy I saw the other day, and he was talking about his first sponsored thing, and he said, "Yeah, it was it wasn't e-games. It was like an e-games in in Las Vegas, and um, Hotels dot com got in touch with them, and they're like, "Hey, bro, like we want to make some content with you." And he's like, awesome. Like, what are we going to do? And they're like, we'll give you a hotel and uh, we'll, we'll follow you around for the tournament and record it and we'll make it. And he's like, I was so stoked. He's like, had like the penthouse suite, got all my mates up there. Um, and we made this awesome video, just was down, down the weekend in the life of, of you know, an e-games athlete. Couldn't be happier. And he's like, and, but that as well started the whole thing of making mm. content and having you know being paid to do shit and he's like and, and i got paid nothing it was it was the best yeah <laughs> i was like yeah how good is that <laughs> yeah bro that's it's crazy and it just goes to show that we can make money not from working a nine-to-five job like there's so many ways that we can you know make money and do stuff that we're passionate about these days like with technology it's crazy yeah yeah, no, I haven't uh, replaced my income, that's for sure. <laughs> one day, been, one day, we'll get there. There has been some money, but it's, it's very small. <laughs> um, I've done lots of awesome opportunities, though. Um, net, network has been massive, massive from the podcast. I don't know if you've noticed that much yet. Or... Yeah, that's probably the biggest benefit I love from it is the net, network you build from it. Because I can go to Sunny Coast tomorrow and i know so many people up there i can connect with i can learn from it's just it's amazing i can travel to new zealand connect with you um, yeah, sam ringdale like there's so many people around the world that i could connect with and that'll stem from doing the podcast yeah bro yeah no that's that's pretty cool like eh? pretty cool um before you said uh win the morning win the day how how similar and different uh um and is Andy Frizzell, did you say? Yep. Yeah. And Andy Frizzella. Yeah. And Aubrey Marcus. Are they similar? Polar opposite? Different? <laughs> um, to be honest, I haven't really listened too much of Aubrey Marcus's stuff. But from the outside looking in, I'd say business are kind of similar, but Aubrey's more of like spiritual. Spiritual. Yeah. Andy's not so much spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And um who's the bulletproof coffee guy? What's his name? Oh, I know him. They've they've they've, they've all and, and like it's interesting like you think think about the supplement market and, and making it work. Um and even what um I said to you about like in your first episode about doing the podcast but then having a point to monetize it and it's kinda of like um bulletproof coffee, uh on it, um, like you're saying, with Andy Frizzella, um, 75 Hard, and then Tim Ferriss with his sort of brain brain product. They're, they're all like got these other angles and in, in lifestyle lifestyle business type things, and it's all a real entrepreneurial market. And it's like at the end of the day, all four of them are selling supplements, <laughs> mm. but they're using the power of marketing, the power of um, technology and media to move their product there's, there's and, you know, even even ice and he's kind of kind of like that and like he says he's he's a big tim ferris and a big uh gary v fan like how yeah was that sort of the light bulb moment that you had when you were at the 
Gary conference? Yeah, I think it all comes down to personal brand. Because mm, if, mm. if you can if you can build your personal brand, if you can give so much value, like continue like jab, jab, right hook, you know, give so much value <laughs> and then ask for something like, hey, buy my shirt. Hey, like uh, sponsor my podcast or whatever the case may be. That's how you grow because people may not buy buy the product for the product itself they'll buy the product to support you because they know how much value you've given you know you give them through podcasts or youtube videos or whatever the case may be like isaac john for example i'm not i'm not a really big clothes guy like i'm not really fashionable like i have a clothing brand but it's not so much fashion it's just like general lifestyle kind of stuff and i buy isaac's um clothes and his online courses and stuff and not so much for the clothes itself. It's because I know the value he's given me through mm. his YouTube, through his podcast, through being a guest on my podcast, which was a catalyst in me gaining so much confidence to go on and be where I am today. So a lot of the times it's about supporting that actual person, not so much the product. Mm. How, how did you get the introvert idea in like art? Uh, for me doing a podcast, I'm, I'm very extroverted. So that part of mm. was was the easy bit. But then I've also found that the practice of podcasting and one-on-one conversation that's deep is a very introverted side of me. And I'm like, well, there's, there's that side of me. Um, like I say, uh, an introverted personality is a great way to, to frame it. I've got extroverted personality, but I can spend, you know, two hours or so having a one-on-one conversation. Um, like yes. you, 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 you're a you're a pro at those deep questions, but to run a podcast, you need to put yourself out there. You need to create content. You need to show vulnerability, and you need to slide into people's DMs. Like, mm. you know, how how did that sort of how have you explored that? And how's that? Yeah, grown? so we we all have introvert and extrovert tendencies. Mm. It's just either we have more introvert or we have more extrovert. So for you, you're more extroverted. I'm more introverted, but I can still go out and socialize with people when now I can. Um, Mm -hmm. But the main thing is how our energy is used up. So like Mm -hmm. for you, you'd gain energy being around people and being, you know, socializing stuff. For me, I can go socialize. I can do public speaking. I can do podcasts, but I'll be drained after. So there's this analogy of I introvert wakes up in the morning with five coins he goes throughout his day spending his five coins. By the end of the day, he has zero because he's drained. Mm. The extrovert wakes up with zero coins. Every interaction he gets, he gains a coin. <laughs> so end of the, by the end of the day, he's like, yeah, um, this is awesome. So the more interactions you have, you're full of energy. For me, I can do it, but I'll be drained of energy. So when I first kind of got into this space, I was so drained after. I was like wow, what can I do here? It comes down to being mindful and understanding that, hey, I can do this. It's going to drain my energy. So after it, I need to go do something that's going to, I guess, recoup my energy. And for me, that is alone time. That is me going on a walk, going for a run, like going into the bush because I live in the mountains. So the bush is like my second home. Mm. If I go in the bush, you know, be in the, be around the trees, nature, natural sunlight, do a bit of meditation, now breath work, I can come out of that like fully charged again because I had that 
mindfulness to know that, hey, I'm a bit zapped here. Let's go recharge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said mindfulness. Um, where does sort of self-awareness and, and that sort of stuff start to grow? Probably, to be honest, last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was a massive year of growth for me, understanding understanding my energy, as I mentioned before, like it gets sapped throughout the day and understanding anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And the big thing about anxiety, as I mentioned before, like for so many years it held me back until I changed my perspective of, hey, anxiety, which is basically fear, is just a sign of something that you need to head towards. It's a sign of something that you need to do or like or deal with. And when I understood that, because someone said that to me, at, when I first heard it, it was quite confront, um, confronting because I had this narrative in my head of anxiety is bad, fear is bad, I need to stay away, I need to stay in my comfort zone. So I, when I heard it, I was like, wow, this guy can't be right. Like, really? Hmm. And then I went away and I thought about it. And I was like... Maybe he is right because every single time that I've faced my fear or I've jumped out of my comfort zone, everything's usually been okay. And I've really, I've enjoyed my time. I've met someone new. I've grown as a person. I felt awesome after it. So I was like, wow, maybe this guy's true. Maybe, maybe he's right in what he's saying. So that day I switched my perspective of fear and anxiety is actually something good. And once we learn to harness it and turn it, into our energy, like we're not always fighting it, we're not getting entangled in it. It's on our side. We're using it as energy to go forward to, you know, go over whatever obstacle faces our way. Because I know on the other side of it, I'm going to grow as a person and I'm going to have so much confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, for me, I, I've never been able to relate to it to the anxiety thing. You know, I think that's largely been through a sort of sports and sports psychology mind of like nervousness and versus excitement being the same physiological state and like i say simple reframe like that's exciting the challenge ahead is you know i'm worthy of the challenge there's going to be greatness on the other side of the challenge and so to hear this uh concept of anxiety and people like say identifying it with it and and making it who they are has been a real real um tough learning curve i think to to be relatable and have have empathy for it because um throughout my my life of competitive sports since like eight it's i've had the tool had the tool to get get through it and so to me it seems so simple but um like you say the tools aren't always there for everyone you know and i, and I know i'm super lucky that that i got exposed to so, so many of these these things but yeah it's awesome to hear you say that you know you had this opportunity you took on board what someone said to you and um, just had enough little pieces in your life to to prove that hey maybe they're right mm. what was the catalyst yeah, exactly. for all that was that the men's medicine again or um catalyst would yeah men's medicine contributed a lot to it but i think it comes back to that conversation that i mentioned when i got confronted that mm-hmm. day of the person saying hey you know, fear is actually a good thing because I actually did go back and I reflected a lot. And as I mentioned before, every single time I went out of my comfort zone, I felt so good after it. And that day I was like, 
this guy's right. This guy's true. I'm looking at all the pieces of throughout my whole life of every time I've gone out of my comfort zone, I feel good. And then all the times that, you know, I've stayed in my comfort zone, I've missed opportunities and I've regretted it mm-hmm. and I've felt bad. And I've, I felt shit, to be honest. I was like, I've got to change. I've got to, you know, change my perspective here and use this fear and anxiety as my energy mm-hmm. because when I do that, I can face anything and I can overcome anything and I will grow to become the best version of myself. So I'll put it down to that conversation. It was, it was really confronting and it allowed me to reflect a lot. Yeah, that's powerful. How did you end up um, with the men's medicine up in the Gold Coast? If you were down in New South Wales. So they, they came to Sydney. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I went to two of their events. I went to the couples one and then the men's one. The couples one really helped my relationship so much. Like I'm grateful for Lino and the whole team there because it allowed me to identify where I was going wrong in my relationship for ever since I started this kind of journey. I was just so driven. I was so focused on my goals and I'd I'd push my relationship to the side. And I remember at that event, they're like, Okay, write down your goals. All right, got my pen and paper out. Started writing down all my personal goals. And he goes, Lino comes up to me and he goes, this is not your personal goals. This is like your couple goals. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, it was your partner there? Yeah. So it was, we're both there. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting there next to me like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, he said one thing to me that really switched it for me. He's like, this is awesome that you have your own goals. But is it worth it for you to go on, achieve all those goals and your partner leave you because you're not putting her as a priority? You're not spending time with her. You're not having goals with her. You're just solely focused on yourself. And that really hit me. I was like, wow, I would be, I'd be shattered. Like, yeah, I would have the, all these achieved all these goals, but I have if I have no one there to celebrate with me, I was like, it's not really worth it, is it? I would I would not be happy. From that day, I switched. I was like, you know what? Yes, have the goals, awesome. But put your partner as a priority. Have partner goals. And ever since then, my relationship has blossomed. We now have a beautiful baby girl. She's. A month old on Saturday. God, time flies. Um, yeah. Just, just you wait, mate. Mine, mine's about to be <laughs> four. <laughs> Crazy. The whole pregnancy went so quick and then she's out and I was like, where has this last four weeks gone? Like before I know it should be like 16 and giving me attitude. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, it's that event was a catalyst in really helping me to identify where I was going wrong in life and then also really work on my relationship in especially in my communication skills and also getting down to why I was so focused on my goals and pushing my partner to the side because I felt like I had to grind 24-7, you know, always hustling. And why I was doing that was because, as I mentioned, growing up, I missed all these opportunities so I felt like I had to make up for it. I had to 
you know, achieve so much to make up for all those years of missed opportunities and to, you know, make my dad proud and to make all these other people proud of me. But that was hindering me. That was hindering my happiness, my relationships. And now, as I mentioned, you know, my partnership's blossoming. We've got a child. The podcast is going well. Like everything in my life is going so good at the moment because I, I had that realization. I had that mindfulness that, hey, what I'm doing is not working. I need to make some changes in my life. Mm-hmm. How, how much of the sort of anxiousness factor fits in like so you sort of had it described like you're um you're creating worry about the future and so when you have some goals and targets that takes away some decision making it allows for some certainty within what you're doing um and like especially with my my daughter and um me and my current girlfriend we're, we're still doing long distance but um like I, I went through the process of rebuilding and it's funny you're talking about you know keeping your relationship to the side um we we met quite early on and, and i needed to sort a whole lot, lot of things out and then once i'd done that we got together and it's been fantastic and then it's like right so goals together like we managed to buy this house and it's like now we're working to, towards um being in the same town and you know uh, looking after our girls and all, all that sort of thing and but at the same time you kind of got to sit and smell the roses type thing like each day like say is so so beautiful and and when you become too focused on your on your distance goal like they they give you direction they give you purpose they give you the reason to get out of bed each morning but um it's also good to sit there and go shit this is this is pretty awesome pretty lucky um and wow like what what a what a great day today is and like how how much of that came in you know to to enjoying a relationship and, and moving forward together when you can sit there and connect each day. Mm, yeah, a lot. Pre- being present has helped a lot. Don't get me wrong. I've still struggled with it because I'm just naturally so driven. Mm. Um, but it's just about making making that time for that other person. Like that could be on the weekends or mm. say at a certain time at night, say 8 o'clock at night, okay, I'm finishing work, I'm going to go watch a TV show for you. So we watch Survivor together. Yeah. So what what like our, season is that up to? Holy cow. I, I don't know. But that's a show that we it's watch still together. On. <laughs> yeah, it's still on. So that's our, that's our show currently. We watch that together. Then on weekends, we'll like a thing that we do is we go to breakfast together. Awesome. Or we we go to Oztag. So like rugby with tags on. Yeah, we, no, no. we play that. So we go there together. That's our kind of time together too. It's just about making time for each other and communication is the big thing. So for me, she didn't know what my goals were. She didn't know why I was so driven. She just seen me doing all this stuff. Hmm. Once I opened up, yeah, once I opened up and communicated, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. She, she had more of an understanding as to why I put so much time and energy into it. So it's, it all, a lot of the times, it comes down to a lack of understanding because mm. they just see you working so much. They're like, why are you working so much? What are you doing? And you're just brushing them off. So open up, communicate because once they, once you both have a level of understanding of, hey, this is what I need, this is what I do, you can work it into your daily schedule. Mm. And people, people may look at it as 
wow, you really have to like schedule in time with your partner. <laughs> and I do it because if I don't, I get too stuck in my goals. <laughs> I have to schedule it in because it's going to help my relationship. It's going to help me being able to take time away from what I'm doing to just be present, to spend time with the person that I love and for her to spend quality time with me. Yeah, I'm a big believer in quality over quantity. I don't have to spend hours on day or every day with her. But the time I do spend with her, I like to ensure that it's quality time. Yeah. And it's awesome when you can just like take that little bit of um little bit of time to share what's on your mind, what's driving you and sort of stuff. And then have that person you love um come to you and support you and and be like, That's really cool. How about this? Da, 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 and see them get really mm. excited by what you're excited by is by is really powerful. I mean, what up quality time? Do you know what your sort of preferences of love languages are? Have you have you come across the I think it's five or six love languages. Yeah. Yeah. So we did it at the couples event, but it's yeah. something we never quite continued to do. Yeah. Um, life just got in the way and we just stopped doing it. But now that you bring it up, it's definitely something that I need to get back into because I do believe that the love languages, you know, are true. Like people do have love languages and, if you do satisfy those languages, it's going to make for a better and happier relationship. So yeah. thank you for bringing that up because I'm going to get back into that. No worries, mate. And especially like when you've got an, another uh, person there that, you know, becomes, you know, equally your um, focus and it's like, you know, just every now and again moving that focus to each other. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah, um, so you said – the men's medicine came down to, to New South Wales. How did you first get in touch with them? What sparked your interest in them? And, you know, like you said, you ended up going along to two events. Um, how'd you get, how'd you end up with that? Social media, Instagram. So I came, I came across them. I think it was through a podcast. Actually, I heard mm-hmm. one of the, I think it was Luke Hecker. He was on a podcast. And I listened to it. I listened to what they were about. And then I followed Lino, followed Men's Medicine. I was like, wow, this is cool. I just got this mad vibe from it. I seen they were coming to Sydney. Once again, just like the Gary V event, I had this, this pulling, this pull towards getting it, bought the tickets, I went. I dragged my partner along to the couples one. And I mm. love, I love um, when we went there, This, <laughs> they're like, oh, to the guys, they're like, oh, how many of you guys were dragged to you today? All the guys put their hand up except me because <laughs> I was the only one who dragged my partner there. It was yeah. so funny. But like it was yeah, it was an awesome experience. So I went to the couples one. I went to the men's one. The men's one was awesome. Like did breath work. We did like some training, um, timeline therapy. It was, just, it was a really good day and I got a lot out of both of those events and they helped me so much into – learning more about myself and understanding who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Lino Men's Medicine. He is doing amazing work. Wicked. I heard you bring up timeline therapy to Jordan. I never come across that. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, okay. So timeline therapy, what I've only done it once, yeah, you know, once or twice. I did it at the men's event. And what it was they were talking about emotions. Now, mm-hmm. the 
emotion men struggle with the most is anger. Hmm. So we wanted to get to the root of where that anger, that emotion stemmed from within your life. Like where did you learn that emotion and like why did you kind of learn, how did you learn to express anger? Where did, where did it come from? And what we do is we do breath work. We get into like a deep, yeah, deep breath work, go into our subconscious and we had to answer like a bunch of questions. We'll partner it up. The other person was there like holding space for you, uh, for you and asking those questions of, you know, when was the first time you experienced anger? Um, you know, for me, it was God, five, six years old maybe when I first experienced anger. And then you just go from, you know, every event in your life that you've experienced that anger. And for me, it brought up so many so many memories that I didn't even think I had. Hmm. And I was like, wow, like where the hell did these come from? But coming out of it, I had a better understanding. I was like, wow, this is where anger stemmed from. But for me, when it comes to anger, now a lot of people see anger and they can either express it the same way. So they lash out, they get angry, fights, whatever the case may be. Or other people like myself, they see that and they go, hey, that's not that's not how I want to act. I'm gonna like stay in my shell and I'm gonna hold it all in. I'm gonna bottle it all up. Mm. For me, that's what I did. I didn't lash out. I rarely get angry. For me, I just hold it in. And it was so cool to understand where that came from because I never understood it. So I recommend everyone go into some sort of timeline therapy because the stuff that comes up is truly amazing and you'd be like, wow, where did this come from? Yeah, that's awesome. Like like I say, all these subconscious memories that you didn't didn't re- realize or you'd forgotten about. And it's funny, you're speaking about that timeline and that question is really powerful. Like when was the first time you remember feeling anger? And you, yeah, you sort of end up like, I was having some images of primary school there, um, like being, being off in the corner in the bush in tears, but gritting the teeth and all that sort of stuff. And it's um quite funny seeing that in my daughter, like she's nearly four, and having that gritting teeth like in her in her bunk bed. Um, we've we've got this cool book for her. Uh, it's it's called uh, Aroha Knows. I oh, know. Let it go. Uh, the the first book is uh, Aroha's Way, and um, Aroha means love in in te reo. And um, yeah, it's it helps to explain feelings to children, and. Uh, it's also helping explain feelings to adults, which is quite nice. <laughs> no, it's good that they have books like that for children because you know, the first seven years of their life, that's where they learn their emotions and how to act and how to deal, how to express themselves. So it's so important to teach them about that stuff and then give them the tools and tips so when they do get angry or they, they get stressed, you know, hey, let's do breath work, let's do breathing, like all these kind of tools that they can implement so they know how to express their emotions in a healthy way. Yeah, bro. Like um, for me, it was sort of twenty-five. I did some psychology. That sort of addressed. Uh, it was similar. We did sort of similar timeline sort of stuff, um, and that sort of addressed like root causes. But it wasn't until like twenty-eight or so that I heard the Every Man podcast and talked about like the the emotion wheel. And when Google, like you know, but like you said with anxiety, we can go Google some stuff, and you're like, oh, hey, that's how I feel. That's that's what it means, and. 
Oh, yeah, that does, that does show up there. And you're like, oh, you know, now I have some more tools. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome to be able to teach a three-year-old, you know, what, what emotions are. It's pretty cool. Something that's really cool that I've I've seen you talk about, Gary Vee, and, and now, like, this men's medicine event is a gut feeling. Like, that must be really reinforcing to trust your gut. Have you always been a someone who followed your gut, or is, was that something new? Like you said, you are in doing sports and exercise science and not really enjoying it, and, like, now you can't even remember what was even scheduled that day that you... Um, your parents were so concerned that you were missing. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't think I, no, I never used to follow my gut because I was just always too kind of scared. Like I let that anxiety take over my body until, you know, that event, you know, skipping uni, going to an event, starting the podcast, all these kind of things. I just had to, lean into and trust my gut and do what felt right at the time. So I would say, no, I haven't always done it, but now I, I do trust my gut. I trust my gut and then I also go with my heart. Like I have to feel it. I have to feel that it's the right thing to do hmm. because lean into it and, hey, it may not be wrong, but then that's when you take ownership. Like, hey. It is what it is. Let's move on now. So yes, I, I highly, I highly suggest everyone trust their gut, go with their heart. Obviously, use your head as well. Like sometimes, you just got to, especially when it comes to risks, take take calculated risks, but still follow that gut, follow that 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 feeling because that feeling is more stronger. And like more stronger than your head because your head's always going to tell you all these different things and create all these different scenarios. But your heart is just going to give you like, does that feel good or does that not, not feel good? It's just, it's like gray and white area. Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, I think it's Screw It, Let's Do It or, or something like that by Richard Branson. It's a, I have not read that. No, well, like, and it was reinforced when Tim Ferriss managed to speak to Richard Branson. And it was like, you know, this billionaire has done all this thing, all these things, and it sort of gives you a, a layout of how things escalated. Um, but every escalation had a level of risk mitigation, and it's quite, quite funny you say that. Like he followed things he was passionate about, and did them slowly, um, and but put in all these security blankets. And you know, it's it's a bit like having a podcast and, and having a clothing label but still working for your parents, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or having that conversation with, hey, I'm going to leave uni, but hey, I'm going to come and work for you. Well, is that okay? <laughs> oh, great, come work <laughs> for us. But you're going to be crawling in roofs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just comes back to taking those calculated risks and sometimes you just got to go, go all in in something. Sometimes mm. you're just like, Especially if you really feel it, if you feel it in your heart, if you feel it in your gut, just go for it. Yeah, nice, mate. So, um, where do where do people find the Better Project and and yourself as well? Yeah, so the podcast is iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, most like platforms. I'm on social media, so Instagram. Just type in the Better Project, and then you can find me just at Nick Batar on social media. We've got a clothing brand called Better Life. 
you'll find all the pages on my social media. I've got like a link tree, so it will take you to everything. Nice. That makes my job easy. Yeah, doing the <laughs> doing the show notes. Where, where's um Batar from? Lebanon. Lebanon. Sweet. Have you have you delved much into the heritage of of, of things? I have not. That's something I really want to do because I'm really interested in you know history and culture and stuff like that. So it's something I'd really love to learn about. And um, how do you relate with fully sick, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I remember when I was younger, I used to say that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> what, was, what was that show called? It was called Big Pizza or something, eh? Hey? Fat, pe- uh, fat Pizza. Fat Pizza? Yeah, Fat Pizza, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. God. Fred, Fred with the guy that grew up in Melbourne, and that was, he, his, his gift to us was Fat Pizza. <laughs> fully sick, mate. <laughs> <laughs> fully sick, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> so, bro, um... I'd like to find out what keeps people in flow. So um, what's something that shows up in your life when things are going well? Is there some sort of mantra or way you live your life or quote that sort of keeps you on the path for, to get, reach flow states or, or if you're doing it, things are going well? But like you said earlier, if you're not doing it, things don't go so well. Do you have something like that? Um, a big thing for me, that I continue to reiterate in my life is do not have regret. I do not want to get to 70, 80, 90 years old, 100, look back at my life and be like, wow, I wish I did that. Do not want regret. I think I fear regret more than jumping out of my comfort zone and doing a podcast or anything like that. I do not want to have any regrets in life. I want to live life to my fullest potential. I want to become the best version of myself. So that is something I say to myself every day is do not have regret. Take every opportunity that comes your way. Wicked. Love that, man. And um, you're living it, and it's pretty pretty awesome, bro. Nick, this has been an absolute pri- privilege. Um, awesome to connect, the power of social media, the positive side of social media. It's been great, and um, looking forward to following along the journey, my man. Thank you, Ryan. I honestly super grateful for the opportunity. It's it's always good to be on the other side of the microphone. So thank you, brother. Cheers, bro. We'll uh, hit it there. We're good. Too easy, bro. That was epic. Uh, stop. <laughs>